0: happening on January 20th and 21st is Denver's biggest real estate event, the next big thing. And it's shaking up how real estate professionals will define business success. This two-day event will give you tools so you can catapult your own business. You'll discuss how the world is changing and what's needed to stay two steps ahead. Together with 450 other professionals, you will build a foundation to become the next big thing. Built on the foundation of helping others build wealth through real estate, the Ruth team has created the ultimate tool that is this event, and it's called the next big thing. 25 speakers, including Ryan Serhant, Kenyon Salo, Nebu Hata, Stacey Veden, Brian Moses, Natalie Davis, and Ryan Avery. Register now at thenextbigthingcolorado.com and use the code RESS to get $150 off. This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Mike Ballard. Thanks for being on the show, Mike.
1: Great to be here. Thank you.
0: Mike helps owners become property managers. His firm, Ascent Multifamily, provides back office services, accounting, bill paying, reconciliation, financial statement preparation, human resources, and payroll for more than 40,000 units all across the country has worked in the real estate and accounting industry for almost 30 years. Mike, I'm pleased to meet you and have you on the show. Just your business, I can't believe I haven't heard of this before, especially 40,000 units, you know, the way you all have grown and just this service that you're providing, I can just see that being so beneficial to so many people. But, you know, let's just jump right in. Give us a little more about who you are and how the firm got into business.
1: Okay. The genesis of the firm started back in 1990 when... My partner and I, we were both selling at a national accounting firm, Accounting Software. We were supporting accounting software for Laventhal and Horwath, which was one of the nation's largest accounting firms for the real estate industry. He then got hired to work at a property management company. That company was Realty Management Inc. And Realty Management grew over the next 18 years to 27,000 units. And they had properties all over the country that they managed. They were a third-party management company. And in 2008, they sold to Riverstone, which is now Graystar. And they had a non-compete. My partner did. I was off doing other things at this time, but my partner had a non-compete. But he was close to the people at RealPage. He was on the advisory board. That He was the chairman of the client advisory board for RealPage. And RealPage's CEO said, hey, I saw Riverstone, bought your firm, anything I can do to help you out? You really know your stuff. How about you working on some of our clients? And so RealPage started referring us business and they hired basically our whole accounting group, moved them in a suite right across the hall from where they used to be located. And they started doing outsourced accounting. And from 2008 until now, we've grown. We created a Ascent Multifamily Accounting about five years ago, and we had probably about 6,000 units five years ago, and today we, we're not over 40,000 yet, but we're almost to 40,000.
0: That's a lot of growth in just the last few years. Is there anything specifically that you would, you know, in the business aspect, I want to get into more about exactly what your firm does and how you all help people on the management side because I think it's incredible, but what would you contribute that kind of exponential growth to?
1: I think we really started focusing on communicating to our clients that we wanted to grow. You know, we started going to some conferences and speaking at those and explaining what we did. And it was like, Oh, I wish I'd have known about you five years ago or two years ago or this type of thing, because, you know, we serve two primary clients. The first one is the owner, right? Who's kind of like a lot of your listeners here, right? They've, started syndicating they've got a couple properties and they're paying a three percent management fee and they get a level of sophistication and realize well my properties are paying the payroll of everybody on the property and what do i get for this three percent management fee or the four percent management fee or whatever it is and then they say i seem to care more about this property sometimes than this other person does she has like five other clients besides me. I think I want to try this on my own. And then they try it on their own and they're really good at the property facing stuff, but the back of the house just overwhelms them. Now that's not their core business. Then they start Googling and then they start finding us. And we started putting out a lot of content about what we do online. And, you know, people just started finding out about us.
0: Okay. Wow. Let's jump into that a little bit about, you know, those clients that you're working with and what typical Size of a portfolio will they have? And, you know, let's jump in a little bit to, I mean, making that transition, I can imagine, I mean, it's a big deal to say, okay, I'm not using our, you know, product management team anymore and we're going to start self managing. It's a big decision, no doubt about it, big undertaking. So, who are they typically, or or maybe like how many units, how long they've been in business? You know, is this, you know, somebody with a few duplexes? Is this somebody with a thousand units or somewhere in between? And then let's kind of go into that process a little bit.
1: Okay. So, Our smallest clients, we have a few that are under 100 units. Our largest client has 7,000 units. Our average client has about 1,000 units and six properties. And so we have clients smattered, you know, it's kind of evenly distributed all the way through. We've got clients with 4,000 units, 3,000 units, that type of thing. But typically, like one of our most recent clients in Southern California, you know, they have been talking to us for two years. They've got 3,000 units. And they knew that they needed to make a change. They wanted that control. They wanted to be able to do that. They've got the resources. And they realized it's time. And then they just started working with us and transitioning, getting the software. They have a bias to use Yardi, which is fine. We have probably clients with more than 10,000 units on Yardi. So they got their own platform of Yardie, instead of using the different property managers, they were probably using three different property managers in different states. You know, the one thing about this though, it doesn't work for everybody. You know, there's times when it hasn't worked. And let me give you one example. We had a client that had a few properties in like six states. So they hired a regional or a VP to oversee all the property managers. And she ended up being on the road all the time. And after a little while, she quit. And then they had trouble replacing that person, right? So if all your properties are geographically dispersed, it may not work, right? If they're all in one location, it's helpful because you've got to be there. You've got to visit the site where, you know, we've got a great client on the East Coast, had a couple thousand units, and all his properties were within a 20-minute drive of each other. Right. And so he calculated he had, let's say, he had 2,200 units and his average rents were 1,400 a month. Right. And he had 95% occupancy and he was paying a little over 3%. Some of the properties were 3%. Some of the properties were 3.5%. He was paying over 100,000 a month in a management fee. Right. And he said, what am I getting for that? I've got a regional who has other clients besides me, she probably makes 10000 a month. Where does that other 90000 a month go to? It goes to preparing the accounting reports, doing some marketing. I think I can do that better, hmm. right? So he ended up hiring his own VP of operations. He hired us, and he saved about half. He saved 50000 a month. That's 600000 a year. That's real money. That's, that is a lot of money.
0: Yeah, that's a big deal, no doubt about it. So how do we calculate, You know, say, working with a company like yours? Do you all do percentage basis or per unit, or what does that look
1: like? You know, we don't. Because whether you have a 40-unit property or a 400-unit property, you still have one landscape bill. And to us, it's the same amount of time to process that whether the fee is $200 or $2,000 a month. So we have kind of a base fee plus, but just for some ranges. For a 100-unit property, it's $825 a month. For a 200-unit property, it's $1,150 a month, right? For a 300-unit property, it's over $1,400 a month. So it gets a little more economical the more units that you have. And so for some clients, their average fees are about, 450 a unit, our largest clients. For some of we have a client with a large portfolio of properties that are 10 to 40 units. And he's paying an average of probably 10 to 20 dollars a unit. Okay. So let's jump
0: into a few of the things that you're helping these clients with, like just to work with you. How do our operations look different and just the communication or? The things like we would normally have, you know, weekly calls about, you know, KPIs or any indicators that we're tracking, things like that. Fill us in a little bit about how that process takes place then working. Because I guess working with you, if I can get this right, I'm really bringing in the property management in-house into our own company, right? And then I'm creating my own property management group to manage our team, but then we're really hiring you all to help us with all the back end stuff. Like you talked about, everybody dreads, right? Or it's usually a mess and, you know, and hiring you all to really keep that clean. Is that accurate?
1: Exactly. So typically our client uses one of the major software programs and we're agnostic. You know, they all serve a purpose. They all have their place in the market and you've got to figure out what's right for you. Whether it's RealPage, RD, Resmond, intrada Buildium, any of the packages, right? So, Typically, the property looks at the invoice and puts the invoice in the system, right? They're the ones that know whether the Home Depot supplies were delivered, whether this was delivered, you know, that type of thing. And so they put it in. We check it. And every Friday, we put together a list of items to be paid. And we send it to the client. And they look at those items to be paid. And they say, yes, I agree with this, 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 this. You know, maybe we hold off on this guy. I want him to jump through another hoop for whatever reason. And I feel I need to pay this guy. And we say, great. And so you send that, you send it back to us, let's say Friday or Monday, and we get it paid a few days later. So we do that every week. And then during the middle of the week, we're also talking about different things as well. So we're answering questions just like for the property manager, just like we're at the home office. But we just happen to be based in Las Vegas and not in their town, right? And then however we process payroll, however the client normally likes to process payroll, we handle all the payroll. We don't have to. Half of our clients don't use us for payroll. They use ADP or Paychex or somebody else. They don't have to use our payroll services. But we have our own health insurance. And we kind of created the HR services because, you know, we had someone who was a VP of at a large management company found an owner that wanted to give her some properties and she had to replace all the benefits that the big company had. And she's like, Oh, this is going to be a nightmare. You know, we had it all arranged. We knew these problems ahead of time. And we said, look, we've got a similar benefit package with health insurance, vision, dental 401k, other supplemental life insurance and other things. And so we offer those for them to offer to all the property people, and we've oftentimes, if it's important enough, we'll fly out and register everybody, get them all signed in.
0: Our guest is Colin Dalfitt. thanks for being on the show, Colin. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. Colin owns a property management and construction company that has experienced three hundred percent growth in ten months. He likes to bring value to investors before they bring him on he has three engineering degrees and has a professional engineer's license but has chosen a new path in life so looking forward to hearing about that colin and and just this massive growth for your your property management company and you know how you've done that but give us a little more about your your backstory you know in real estate or just getting from three engineering degrees i mean that doesn't happen overnight or, you know, without a lot of work, but then, you know, just taking this new path.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it didn't happen overnight. So I did two undergrad engineering degrees in college. Uh, I got a job right out of school, then got my master's at night and got my professional engineer's license, bounced through four jobs in seven years, got unceremoniously let go from two of them. Including the last one, and I had already been thinking about real estate, researching real estate, reading, analyzing, you know, just kind of get my mind around the whole industry before I was let go on the last job and I was under contract on my first property, and I said, "You know what? Let's see what we can get done here without having to go back to the corporate world." And uh, that was about three and a half years ago now, so that kind of got us to the point that we are we are at now.
0: What kind of property were you focused on at that time or that you had under
2: contract when you were let go? Yeah, so I had a seven unit multifamily building that I was under contract on. And, you know, within, you know, recent you know, right after I acquired that, went out and bought a couple single families, uh, some packages from some people that were trying to get out of the game. Over the next 18 to 24 months, we acquired a handful of their units. I had some partners on some stuff. And that's kind of how we, started to build up our portfolio to where I could justify not having to go back to the corporate world.
0: It seems like the property management space has kind of become your your focus or in your expertise. Is that right? Yeah, that is. So why, you know, why that space? What brought you into focusing on that? Yeah,
2: it's kind of, kind of a roundabout way. So once I got up to the point where I was, you know, self-managing 60, 70 doors, I had to invest in the software, right? Because you just can't manage it all. You know, I guess you could go old school, but I decided to go to a software where I could kind of streamline everything. And then from that point, I was like, man, I wonder if I could start third party managing to generate some additional revenue and maybe just bring on one property manager that could then just manage my assets essentially for free if it was a break even proposition. Quickly after I started having that thought and discussing it with some people, I got an introduction to somebody that was looking to sell their property management company. And we went down that discussion and then you know getting up through the LOI and then they decided not to sell. But after reviewing their numbers and just seeing how the company worked, I really started to get a lot more interested in the property management space. And then just decided to build my own and grow it to whatever I could. And that's kind of where I got into the business and and my passion for the business came from.
0: So are you focused on a specific type of type of properties to manage or size of properties in a specific market? Or, you know, how does that work?
2: Yeah, so we're within about an hour radius of anywhere in the Kansas City markets is where we're operating right now. We do work with uh, single-family investors, and we work with large multifamily investors. Recently, we've been brought on for a lot of repositioning of assets. So whether it's a single-family house that we need to put $30,000, dollars $50,000 into, and, and get it back on the market then or we are getting brought into an apartment complex that's been poorly managed that needs rehab on every unit and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of work uh, we've really been brought into all those different spaces just to try to help you know value add and manage properties better so
0: you know let's dive into some of that the 300 percent growth in 10 months you know when what what has caused that what was that what you know what how did that happen? You know, everybody dreams of that kind of growth, right? No matter what
2: their business is. So what caused that and and what is that type of growth? So what's caused that? Probably numerous things. We've been really networking heavy. I've been networking heavy to expand my network of influence among local investors, owners, realtors to kind of be their, their go-to guy as much as I can. Additionally, we've been trying to perform at a high level, uh, and I say this to a lot of our investors and to my team that it seems like the the bar for property management is set relatively low on what average performance would be. So, if we can perform or communicate better than majority of the other managers out there, that we're we're going to succeed. And you know, we've had some pretty good feedback from a number of our investors and. When we get feedback that's not positive, uh, we always try to internalize that and figure out what did we do wrong? How can we make this, this system better just to deliver the best product we can, the most professional property management that we can?
0: Oh, I love that. Uh, so networking heavy, though, you know, what did that look like, though, to to reach out? Because it really wouldn't matter almost what business you're in, you get you have to have a network, you got to have people that you're meeting and, and people you're adding value to or but what did that look like for you finding these people, the
2: owners and realtors? And you know, what did that was there a process to that? You know, I would really say it started with a couple of people, I started building a relationship with them trying to bring them some sort of value. And they're like, Hey, well, I'm, want to focus on bigger stuff, but I've got some investors that want some smaller properties and are looking for management. Can you help them out? And I helped research and analyze some smaller properties when I still had all uh, the time and the ability and the bandwidth to do that and was providing them value. Then I got brought in on some of their bigger multifamily deals to start scaling that way. And then... You know, those one or two contacts started referring me out to other contacts or making introductions. Oh, hey, you're in this space. Do you know so and so? No, I don't know. Okay, well, here's that. And then I go and have a coffee or lunch or a drink or something with them and get to know them a little bit better and just started building my network out that way. I didn't go out intentionally targeting some people. It really happened organically. And through intentional and, and unintentional efforts, I guess. So you mentioned performing at a high level, and that you found
0: that the bar was set pretty low. What are a couple of ways that you've been been able to to
2: really shine or raise that bar? So part of it's communication, communicating with the owners, communicating with with the tenants as well, letting them know what's going on, coming in and and having you know a level of professionalism with trying to deliver uh, accurate data on their reports. Trying to, uh, you know, actively actively manage their property in a way that I would want it managed if I was an investor because I am an investor. I was an investor before I was a property manager, which I think may give me a, l- a little bit different view than potentially somebody else. But knowing cash flow struggles and knowing you know maintenance struggles and and how that can impact the dollars and trying to control those and then trying to give guidance to owners that isn't always self serving
0: guidance to owners that it's not always self-serving. So you mentioned r- right write-off communication. How do you communicate with owners that maybe hel- that's different than what you've noticed in
2: the industry? Well, so each owner has an assigned property manager. So our property managers only have a certain number of owners or a certain number of properties. So they have the ability to communicate with them directly. Additionally, all the owners have my cell phone number, so they can call or text me or email me whenever they would like so i 'm available to the owners directly i'm not just bringing them in through the sale or just through the network okay great you're in don't ever talk to me again i'm here for them because a lot of times when I get them brought in we've worked through this property i've I've been there with them through the due diligence process so We've put together kind of a plan, okay, we're going to vacate these units, we're going to rehab them, we're going to raise the rents to this. So I am still there helping them execute and build the plan. And then I'm helping coach and communicate with our property managers on the plan and making sure that it gets executed.
0: So let's, let's talk about some of the struggles or obstacles, just managing that kind of growth, you know, some things you've experienced and in, in just making that growth happen. There's, there's different things that comes up, but you know, with any kind of growth like that for any business owner, you know, what are a few things that that you've learned or obstacles you've had to conquer? Communication
2: is is still one of them. I mean, that's one that we have uh, have have waxed and waned on with with the effectiveness of it. Right, there was definitely a point when we were bringing on quite a few doors before we brought another property manager, where I wasn't communicating effectively with one or two owners, and I started getting some feedback from them on that, and then I was realizing, okay, this is this is an area that I I need to do better on, or I need to delegate. So just you know having you know, that many new customers coming on, you know, even if it's just a handful of customers that all have a lot of doors, just managing the business, managing the people and managing the customers. That's where I had, you know, some struggles and, you know, had had to learn to delegate effectively.